from their studio in the Feeding Arizona building in Youngtown, Arizona, it's the Boomer and the Babe Show with Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. Join Pete and Deborah and their guests as they give voice to 78 million baby boomers from coast to coast and border to border. Now here are the Boomer and the Babe, Pete Peters and Deborah Brown. Yes, indeed, it is the Boomer and the Babe Show, and the Boomer and the Babe Show is coming to you today from Phoenix, Arizona area, where it is about 68 or 70 degrees, sunny, warm, and getting warmer, and I tell you, we just can't beat this weather down here in the great southwest. Uh, It's 11 o'clock here in Phoenix, 10 o'clock on the west coast, and 1 o'clock on the east coast. Hope you all enjoyed your lunch over there on the east coast, and if you didn't, I hope you're going to enjoy it shortly. Uh, at any rate, this is the Boom and the Babe show. As I said, we invite you to take a take a gander, take a look at our website, boomerandthebabe.com. Find out about the things that the Boom and the Babe do, other than just this radio program. We also publish eBooks and mini books. And Deborah is on assignment helping some of those people work with their projects as we speak. As a matter of fact, so the Babe Deborah Brown will not be with us today. Uh, I want to invite everybody that might be interested in either sponsoring, advertising, or being a guest on the show to get hold of us through that website at boomerandthebabe.com. Send us an email and sign up for our email list as well, and uh, we'd be more than happy to uh, talk to you about uh, your involvement with the Boomer and the Babe and everything else that we do. If there's anything else we can do for you with regard to publishing and so on, we're welcome to have that conversation with you as well. Today we have an interesting person with us. Her name is Rosalie Moscow. She's an author of Frazzled, Hurried Woman. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, stress and stress relief, and we're going to end up talking about some caregiving and uh, how people can help reduce their stress levels in all aspects of their life. And those of us that are caregivers also, we have concerns with regard to keeping ourselves physically and mentally happy so that we can help the ones that we're trying to help other than ourselves. Uh, so with that said, I'd like to welcome Rosalie Moscow to the Boomer the Babe Show. How are you today, Rosalie? I'm fantastic. Thanks, Pete. Great to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here. Uh, I know you're in Florida, where it's also warm. You are here from. You're there from Canada, as I understand it. Where yes, I. Probably <laughs> it's a, a little, little bit cool. of the cold. <laughs> yeah, probably a little cool. Uh, yeah. At a, at any rate, we'd like to find out more about you. So if Deborah were here, were here she'd, she'd ask you for your two-minute movie. So uh, sure. the, the, the cameras and the microphones are rolling. <laughs> tell, tell us about Rosalie Moscow. Oh, thanks. Well, I used to be a children's singer and performer. It was my first career. And I wrote songs, and I was part of a singing duo in Canada. We were Juno-nominated, and we made about five. I made five albums, some on my own. And um, I was performing a lot, and I got very stressed, and uh, I had a family at home. And I started to look for ways to help my growing stress. And I ended up going back to school, and I studied wellness and health promotion program in in, uh, Toronto, Canada. And um, also, I ended up teaching stress management at the college a few years later, And I also went back to school again and became a holistic nutritionist because I felt that it was very important that uh, those are kind of two things that we need to look at, our stress in our lives. We can cause so so much havoc to our mental and physical health and also our nutrition and how that uh, plays a part and uh, and stress can actually impact your nutrition. So it it, uh, made it sort of a rounded sense to me. 
And it's uh, I've been helping people. I've been speaking in the workplace uh, for the last 18 years as a professional speaker and in for conferences and for the workplace and all over. And I have to be careful I don't get too stressed. <laughs> and <laughs> and also I do one-to-one nutritional consulting. I did uh, quite a few years of that and still do some uh, one-to-one helping people to uh, better health and wellness, mental health and physical health. Worked as a, a nutritionist for a few doctors. One of them is a psychiatrist. So there is a big connection and um, between food and our mood and our health and so that'll be some of the things we t- could talk about today. And then I wrote my book, Fragile Hurried Woman, Your Stress Relief Guide to Thriving, Not Merely Surviving, and it's been helpful to men as well. The uh, doctor who gave me a lovely foreword in the book, Dr. Hoffer, he said that uh, men should read it too because they get stressed as well. <laughs> so, so Don't know what you mean. Don't know what you <laughs> no, mean. No, I don't think you're never, stri- no. <laughs> never had a stressful moment in my life. Really? Uh, yeah, well... <laughs> Well, if you, and if you believe that, believe me, I've got some oceanfront property here in Arizona that I'd like to sell you. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, uh, your holistic nutrition. What is holistic nutrition? Well, it's looking for natural ways to help yourself. In other words, getting the very best quality foods in terms of you know, junk food, uh, making sure that when you look in your fridge or your pantry that it's not filled with uh, items with chemicals or with uh, preservatives, uh, making sure that the, the food you're putting into your shopping cart is food that's going to nourish you, not going to harm you. Because food can either heal or harm. So we need to be aware of those items. So that's really what it's about and uh, making sure we're eating you know, a good plant-based diet with some good protein as well, healthy fats, making sure we're not eating trans fats or hydrogenated fats, and uh, just having some good healthy meals and healthy snacks. So I, I, I outline a lot of that in a couple of chapters in my book. One's called uh, Liberated from the Kitchen to Fast Food Paradise or Hell. <laughs> and the other one is called um, This is Your Brain Speaking, Feed Me, I'm Hungry. So I outline a lot of that in my book about uh, good ways we can use nutrition to help our health and our moods and our mind and and our body and help us well, go forward in life. Well, it sounds to me, Lynn, like all of the all of the wonderful things that we socked into the refrigerator for a weekend of golf tournament viewing and Super Bowl, we should probably take out of there pretty doggone quickly. <laughs> well, there are some healthy things, I'm sure, that you ate. Oh, but, I, 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 would, <laughs> I wouldn't count on it. You know what? There's no such thing as a perfect diet. And we all, if we do most of the time what's good for us, it'll stand us instead for to have that piece of pie or to have those extra treats that you think that are treats. Uh, sometimes when you're away from them for a long time and then you sometimes have those particular treats, they don't taste as good as they used to. It's really funny. But um, it takes time to change your palate and to change your habits. I think the habits are the hardest to change because if you've been raised a certain way and very often people eat the way their parents ate and it's hard to make changes so we have to be gentle with ourselves and not be too hard on ourselves. If only were if only it were just the pie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, bad nutrition though on a, on a very serious note, bad nutrition yeah. though does in itself contribute to stress, doesn't it? Yes, yes, because it uh, 
if you're not eating properly, then then you're you're depriving your body of the foods that you should be eating, and so that you're not getting the nutrients that would nourish your hair, your teeth, your nails, your skin, your eyes, you know, all your body. That's number one. And then also, uh, bad food and and stress can diminish your your nutrients in your body that uh, you, that are so important, like the B vitamins and magnesium, zinc, and uh, B12, which is really important for brain health. And so there's many things that uh, food can do for you and and stress relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've said this before uh, when talking about various uh, stresses and, and pain management and, and so on and so forth and putting the right type of thing in your body. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I've gotten in, into some discussions with some uh, practitioners, much like yourself, mm-hmm. uh, about some of these supplements that are on the market, and and how they uh, you mix this powder with water, and it'll make uh, it, you'll get all the nutrients and vitamins, and it goes to a cellular level, and and all the th- is 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 that stuff at all uh, legitimate or does it does it at all work and is there any evidence well, there's of not, there's not one magic pill it's a combination of what you do and so it's really each person is individual and a person has to be I think I mean you can learn a lot from reading and you know helping yourself but really each person is an individual and what, and what you may need I may not need and vice versa so it's really about finding what's right for you and that's really what I can say. You know, you might need more magnesium. I may not. You may need more B12. I may not. You know, maybe you don't have enough B, vitamin D in your diet. And uh, so, well, not diet, but we don't get enough D from the sun. Maybe you're not even out in the sun. Um, maybe, you know, so it's all very individual. And um, certain doctors, there's many good doctors around who can test for those things or can uh, you know, treat you individually, and I think that's what it's all about. And um, but there are some universal things that you can do to, for yourself, and as well, taking a good multivitamin, maybe some you know antioxidants, um, fish oil, things like that, which are almost basic. And the vitamin D, maybe one or two thousand a day. That's pretty basic these days. And um, and sometimes, you know, so it, it, it's, there's a basic sort of, and then you just add to it as accordingly to what you personally might need. Uh, I've also had another gentleman on the phone, uh, on the conference call, on the radio, whatever you want to call this that we do here on Blog Talk. Uh, mm-hmm. That well, he was saying that even the foods, the the natural foods that you can purchase in the natural whole food stores mm-hmm. and places like that aren't as nutritional, nutritionally complete as they used to be simply because of the way the soils have been depleted over the years and there's not as many nutrients in the soil itself to get into the foods. Do you find that to be the case? Well, it, it depends on the farm and depends what's being done to the food and depends if it's near, um, sometimes it could be near a farm that's being sprayed and the, the pesticides you know, sort of blow over to the organic farm and um but generally it's been shown that you know there's been a lot of controversy about this but generally i've just seen the latest reports cpsi uh, nutrition action newsletter and they say that uh, i interviewed a quite a, a high level scientist in this area and he feels that there is still a benefit to have organic food yes it may not 
have maybe what it used to be, but some it's it's still higher in your uh, in nutrients and lower in pesticides, which is really an important issue. So you're not you know you're not just having so many uh, uh, things in your body that you shouldn't be having. So I, I think there is a, an advantage. Some things you don't need them if they have a thick peel on them. You may not need to be organic. Maybe a banana doesn't have to be or or an, an avocado, you know, something where it's sort of protected a bit. And so, uh, you know, maybe a thin-skinned fruit may, may absorb more pesticides than others. So there is a list you can access online about the, the top sort of uh, highest uh, pesticide sprayed foods and, um, you know, find out about it that way. But um, I think it's uh, you know, I try to to do as much as I can. Sometimes I can't get all organic, but I try to do what I can, especially in, in you know the produce and uh, and also in in the uh, meats and and uh, chicken and that that it uh, it's sort of a, they you know they haven't. Although I think in in, your, in the states and in Canada, I think they're they're not allowed to serve, to use hormone growth anymore, and things are changing. So I think we're a little safer than we used to be. But, uh, you know, it's up to the person what they want to spend and what they can spend. And some of the things are more expensive, some aren't. And uh, you just have to sort of do the best you can. So I, I take it when you mention the fact that uh, meats and so on and so forth, that uh, you don't necessarily advocate, or maybe you do, a vegetarian diet? Uh, generally, I don't because uh, I think yes, a plant-based diet is very important. That we got to have fruits and vegetables, uh, beans, uh, legumes as part of our diet. Uh, they're very, uh, you know, they're full of nutrients, phytochemicals, and they help nourish us and uh, keep our, you know, our immune system strong. But um, it depends if someone there's different types of vegetarianism you know some people will say that you're vegetarian and they eat fish and they eat uh, chicken and others uh, you, you just eat eggs and other you know octo um, vegetarians and then there's the lacto vegetarians that just eat cheese and then there's some that eat eggs and cheese like so that it just it's like it's like religion you know there's many different types and you just have to find what what's right for you and um i think that uh uh, you know, like, I mean, they've been using beans and rice and most of the, the world for years to nourish people, but if you add a piece of cheese to it, it's even more nourishing, or added some milk to it. So there is that animal protein that is a complete protein, and whereas in the plant proteins, you have to sort of get uh, some uh, amino acids from different uh, plants so to make a complete one, and it may work for some people more than others. So I've seen some pretty sick vegetarians, and I've seen some pretty sick people who are just eating meat. So, you know, the truth lies somewhere in between for each person to find what's right. But if a person is feeling tired and run down, if they're vegetarian, uh, they should get their B12 level checked. And I think uh, most vegan vegetarians who do not eat any uh, animal protein, whether milk or dairy or or eggs, they need to really watch it and watch their... um, you know, and they have to be doing it really right in order to make sure they're getting enough uh, protein and nutrients in their body, not just from soy. So that's my stand. Uh, what is? What are your thoughts on um, uh, what seems to be a, a, a growing trend, raw foods? Um, some people can digest raw foods, and some people have a hard time. 
Um, if you're a little bit older and you have an impaired digestion, it may not be as good. It may be better for them to have, again, it all boils down to individual uh, people. And um, it's, it boils down to your digestion. And uh, probiotics help that digestion and can help you um, give you the good bacteria that's uh, your, it's necessary in your bowel. If you've had a lot of antibiotics lately, or you may be deficient in some of those uh, good uh, bacteria that uh, your bowel needs. Or if you don't have enough HCl, which is hydrochloric acid, that's uh, that your is in your uh, stomach to break down the protein, then you may not digest well. If you're just eating raw foods, well, you know, and a lot of people have raw cabbage and rob and or have uh, things and they may not agree with them well you know so again here we are it's a very individual thing and um you know if they maybe uh you could try it and i think it's great to for cleansing but uh, you have to see whether it's going to be enough for you i know people say they've lived on it for 20 years and they're fine and so like you know again individuals Right. Just as uh, the diets and so on and so forth, the various forms of uh, nutrition are individuals, I'm willing to say that, and correct me if I'm wrong, that various types of stress are are, are very much individual as well. Do yeah. you find that to be the case? Well, yeah, exactly. What may be upsetting for you may not be upsetting for someone else. You know, like someone who works in an office and one day they go in and and Mary doesn't talk to them. She goes, walks down the hall, and she ignores you. And you know, and, some, and somebody, if it's a, someone that she knows well, it's a friend, and all of a sudden she's turned the other way. You think, oh my goodness, she's angry at me. What did I do? You know, I must have said something. Why didn't she talk to me? And she might stew about that all morning. Or someone else might think, oh, gee, someone's in a bad mood. Uh, you know, they don't even think about it, and then figure I'll fix, catch up with them later. So it depends on how your what your perception of stress is and how you it affects you. And um, some people get into a panic and get anxious, and other people can let it sort of go off their shoulders. So, again, yeah, it is very um, personal about how you perceive stress. You know, and uh, we're talking about caregiving, and, of course, you know, that can be very stressful depending on what you're living and um and what you're going through or how long you've been going through it. You know, someone may be going through it for just a few months or maybe fine, and then someone that's been going through it for for uh, 10 years might be burnt out. So, and it, you know, and I think that's when we need to nurture ourselves and find ways, you know, to do something to um, to help ourselves so that yeah. we don't get so worn down. In in one respect, uh, I'm going to also make the suggestion that stress is stress. I mean, mm-hmm. regardless of how it comes to your life, mm-hmm. stress, stress is stress. Yeah, and it's and, it's a natural thing. It's a, it, it's it's built in. Our stress response is built into our body. We're supposed right. to react to stress. Right. Like what, what happens? Your heart starts pounding. You get increased. Uh, uh, you know, activity, uh, your, all your energy goes out of your, your your digestion into your limbs in case you have to fight or run, get stronger so that, you know, your adrenal glands start giving you more adrenaline, your uh, more cholesterol goes into your blood. So there is a, a physiological change in your body when you're under stress. And that's good because it, you can have more strength and more power to to fight off whatever you have to fight off. 
but sometimes people have so many stressors that they're fighting off things all over the place, and right. they they and then the body gets, starts getting worn out. You see, you're supposed to have a, a rise in that stress response, and then you're supposed to have a it goes down so to so that the relaxation response in the body kicks in. We start to get calmer, and you know maybe you get tired and you have a sleep, or you you know just relax, and, and it goes into a sort of your body goes back to homeostasis, which is a normal level. But but so many stressors are going on in our modern day life that the switch is turned on all the time, and then the adrenal glands get worn out, and then our our brain gets worn out, and our and and you just can't think straight, and you can't cope, and you feel overwhelmed, you feel tired, you feel anxious, and. So that's when stress can really take its toll on on people. There are undoubtedly some ways uh, of helping yourself, uh, helping reduce your own stress. Uh, Mm -hmm. You hear people talking about yoga, walking, Mm -hmm. various forms of exercise, uh, sitting and listening to nice calming music. Uh, Some people chant. Some people meditate. Uh, mm-hmm. Any number, any number of ways, and here again, it's all individual. Whatever works for mm-hmm. you, I would imagine. That's right. Yeah, some people exactly, and and um, there's so many things you can do for yourself, and and sometimes people, when they're in a really difficult situation, they they you know they feel guilt if they feel pleasure. They will say they got a sick relative or something, and then so then they're enjoying themselves and they say, oh, but my my poor mother isn't, you know. So they so they don't want to give themselves any enjoyment. Um, I remember once I had a uh, a concert when I was in the music business. It was for about a thousand people, and it was the same day that uh, was a very quick uh, surgery that was scheduled for my mother for cancer and. And all of a sudden, she's going through cancer surgery the same day I have this big concert. And, oh, my God, I was so I was so distraught. How am I going to go through singing and laughing and making fun things and on stage when my mother is so sick and she may not live through the surgery? And, oh, I was so upset. And uh, I had to sort of talk it through with the family and there were other people there that went to the hospital. And I was going to cancel it, and we talked it over, and it was really hard to cancel. Uh, we, didn't, we didn't even know how to get hold of everybody, and there's ch- people coming with children and schools and busing in. It was just too, it, it just was really difficult. So I said, okay, I'll go through with it. And I remember that I was standing backstage, and then I hear the music starting. I had to run on. I'm feeling like a pit in my stomach. Oh, my goodness, I don't feel like laughing and singing and having fun. And I went out there, and the minute I heard that music and saw the kids and their smiling faces and they're so excited, I I allowed myself to feel the, you know, to get into it and to, and to to feel the the joy, and and I did. It came. It came. The joy did come, and I was surprised at that. I didn't think, but I think there's always this little well of joy in our in in there somewhere, and we have to find it in some way. I was forced to find it through my work. And uh, but sometimes we have to do it for ourselves. You have to put on some music. You might have to watch a funny movie. You might have to uh, call up a friend um, and have a chat. You might have to, uh, you know, just do something that can make you feel a little bit more uh, positive about life and about the situation, or just just to enjoy a bit. You know, look at something beautiful. Uh, uh, if you live near an ocean, or if you live near a uh, beautiful. Uh, scenery like you do in Arizona, you know, go out to the mountains and just whatever it takes. I think we need we owe that to ourselves because 
when people get so down and so out that they're not good to anyone else. And then their immune system can go down. So it really you're you're only helping yourself and others when when you do something for yourself. You know, you're supposed to treat your neighbor uh, as yourself, but you got to treat yourself as your neighbor as well. Mm-hmm. That's good information. Very good information. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what what one of the things I think that some of uh, uh, people of, of my generation, the baby mm-hmm. boomer generation, and uh, I don't. I know possibly yours. I don't know. Yes, it's mine. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, one of the things that we that we're we're facing more and more of nowadays uh, is uh, dealing with parents who have lived uh, a lot longer than they anticipated when Social Security was first mm-hmm. instituted years ago. Right. Uh, so we have the issues of them needing to have more care, physically, yeah. emotionally. Sometimes, moni- sometimes monetarily. Yeah. Uh, also, we also may well also depending on uh, how old we are in this generation, uh, we may also have children still at home or going yeah. to college, or right. have, maybe we may be ca- helping to care for our children's children, our grandchildren. That's right. Uh, there, there are many, many, many things that uh, the baby boom generation. Uh, I'm going to suggest that uh, as, as often as we are sometimes not looked upon kindly, shall we say, <laughs> uh, nonetheless, we have a lot of things going on, don't we? Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of things going on, and some of those are, are, are just the things I mentioned, and that's what that's why some people call this generation the sandwich generation. That's right, and it's true. And actually, it's been shown by the American Psychological Association that women between the ages of 36 and 55, who have a lot of things going on, as you say, work, family, children, aging parents, commitments in the community, and just a lot of stress in their life. You know, commitments, a lot of commitments, and uh, worrying about little things. If you, if your loved one has enough food, proper help, getting to appointments and, and caregiving, uh, or just caregiving for your children or for your grandchild. It get, it's, just, it's just so many commitments, and then you feel pulled apart in many ways. You feel like you're pulled in so many directions. And those that age group seems to suffer the more. And I've seen women older than 55 who are still working and still have to work for financial reasons. Some people do it because they enjoy it, and others do it enjoy, and they like making the money, but some really need to have that income. And and then you're faced with, you know, caring for uh, an elderly parent and being there, and and it is, it is it is a real, you know, the time when people can get very run down. Happened to me with my dad. He um, he was just, you know, I, I had here I was working, I had a full time commitment, and and I had uh, teenage kids and my husband and. And, and then here's my dad. I'm, I mean, he was in a nursing home at the time. And uh, but before he went in, I was taking him to appointments. And and uh, you know, I ended up. His, he was married for the second time. I was looking after her as well. <laughs> and and it was just becoming so uh, you know difficult. And I remember once walking into a social service agency. I, I didn't even have an appointment. And I said, I need help. <laughs> I can't cope. I don't know what to do. You know, my father's this. Or he's doing. You know, he's he's uh, he expects me to be there all the time. He phones me at seven in the morning because he needs a light bulb changed. <laughs> 
and uh, and I, I don't know what to do. And they really helped me out a lot. And I think that's one thing. It'd be Don't be afraid to ask for help. I think that we need to reach out. There are agencies who can help and give you some great advice. You may be able to get some care. There's, um, you know, you just can't think you can, you can do it all yourself because you can't. I don't care who it is, you can't do it all yourself and because it ends up biting you in the end. And um, so we need to look at ways that, uh, you know, if you're always thinking about caregiving and you don't, and then it happens, you don't have no satisfaction in it. I mean, the caregivers are wonderful people. They they take on the task out of the kindness of their heart and love and loyalty. And then all of a sudden, you know, their money's going down and, uh, you know, and then they're becoming really low and, and feeling sick themselves and getting more uh, flu and more colds and, and things going wrong with their own health and because they've just got too much on their plate. So I think there has to be this uh, realization that we need help and you might be able to help ask your family for help. Maybe you could help, you know, like sometimes I, I remember I, I hardly ever asked my teenage kids to help. And I think back, you know, I, they could have visited. They could have taken the load off me a bit. Or, or you know, that um, there's somebody, uh, I remember once I did for my mother, I got some people to make some meals for her. She didn't like the meals on Wales, so, and some of them, my dad loved them, but she didn't. So I got someone to help make some meals for her. And so, you know, there's things you can do, and it doesn't have to be you all the time. And it's not a sign of weakness, and it's nothing to feel guilty about. Because, you know, I mean, if you might feel it, you can feel the guilt. I'm not saying negate your feelings because it's important to realize what you're feeling. But you can also feel resentment. And you don't want to feel resentment. You know, you don't. that's not what you want to do. And so we have to look for ways to get ourselves into enjoying our life because, hey, this can really play havoc on your own health. And then what good are you to everyone else? So I think we need to go out. We have to still or invite people in if you can't go out. Uh, call up your family and your friends and, and have some discussions. Keep a journal. Um, you know, pamper yourself. Get get out once in a while and and you know, for women, get a manicure, a pedicure, get a facial. <laughs> Do something for yourself. A massage. A, you know, at home, take a warm bath. Uh, some, you know, soak in Epsom salts. Your aches and pains will diminish because of the magnesium and the. Uh, it's uh, sort of your body will uptake it and relax you. And so do things that make you feel good. Listen to music and, um, you know, it's okay. It's okay to feel good and to to be able to enjoy life again. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't give themselves that. They feel they can't. Well, I, I'm asking you to try. So do you feel, obviously, then, that caregivers may well get stressed out more than other people? Yes, yes. They have a tendency to, yeah, for sure. It can take a really heavy toll. If you don't get the adequate support you need, um, you, you're you know you're having changes in your family dynamics, your household disruption, financial pressures, and just the amount of work that's involved. The rewards of care of caregiving, if, if they come at all, <laughs> may be intangible and far off. And sometimes there's no hope for for happy outcome. Sometimes there is, but may not be. And as stress piles up. Uh, frustration, despair can take hold, and burnout becomes a real danger. And um, so, but I think we need to just take control of it and 
there's a few things I, I tell people you can do. You know, like learn as much as you can about your family's members' illness, how to be a caregiver as you can in the best way possible. But the more you know about the illness, the more effective you'll be and the better you'll feel about your efforts. And you'll be able to talk to doctors and nurses a lot better. And, um, you know, you won't feel so frightened, you know, if you, you the more information you have. And um, just uh, try to uh, keep sort of, uh, again, confiding in others. You can have some respite for yourself. Um, watch for depression. If you're feeling really depressed, get some help because uh, that's uh, a real sign that um, don't delay in getting some help for yourself if you need it. So, um, you know, and also, um, I don't know, it depends on the stage of state of the person you're caregiving. Uh, some of them still are, are independent. They, some of them still get on the computer. Depends on the person. If they, if they can't do that, it's one thing. But some still have some kind of independence, and they like to feel independent, and they don't want to think that you're doing every little thing for them. So, and uh, be careful if you're doing a lot of lifting and pushing and pulling, you know, your back can go out. So be very, very careful. And you may need to have even someone coming a few hours a day to help with certain things might be a help for you. So there's lots of things we can do. Let's talk about that few hours a day type situation. Yeah, yeah I'm getting a, a professional a professional caregiver to come in and offer some assistance. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's uh, I, th I think it's important that that happens mm -hmm. <laughs> for for a couple of reasons, uh, and then you can you, uh, comment on what what I'm I'm about to sure. say. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> I think that if a person is caring for, well, let's let's say it's let's say it's an a, a, an adult, a, mm -hmm. a, a parent. Uh, there, there comes a point uh, in the caregiver's activities with that person that they say, I can't do anything more. Mm -hmm. I cannot do anything more. Not that they don't want to do anything right. more. I mean, the, the person has advanced in their uh, state yes. to the yep. point that it's beyond, you got to know what you don't know. That's right. And, and they've gone beyond the capabilities of that caregiver. Right. And, at, and no matter what you do, yeah. it's not going to be adequate. It's not right. going to be adequate, possibly for the person receiving it, or for, nor for yourself giving it. That's so you've right. got to you've got to get somebody else in here mm -hmm. uh, to, that is detached. And by yeah. detached, I mean they're a professional caregiver. They know how to deal with situations, yeah. and, and it takes you out of that cycle. And you've got to get out of that cycle. What are exactly. your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on that? Oh, I agree 100%. And that, um, you know, people say, well, I can't afford it. But they're support workers. You know, there's some people that are, are trained and personal support workers. And there's some that are, you know, registered nurses. That may be more expensive. But there's always somebody who can come in. You can always find someone, some of the nursing agencies. There's all kinds of, uh, you go online, there's uh, all kinds of of help available. And if you're uh, you're Care, person you're caregiving is a veteran, you can get all kinds of help. There may be a lot of free help available. So I think that we have to start looking into ways of uh, giving them help and and at the same time relieving you and and because and, and without you feeling guilty about it because it's it's okay. And I noticed even when I saw 
my my parents, uh, they, they, you know, I'd feel bad, you know, if I'm out not doing something, and just, you know, you think, feel bad about it. But they, t- they were very happy with the, the, you know, having that other person. It was like another person to bounce off of. And uh, again, they felt good that that person was professional. And so I think it's it's an, a win-win situation. I don't think it's anything derogatory against the person. You know, it's for your, yourself, or you know, it's it's. I think it's it's just, it's great, and uh, not to feel so guilty about it. It's it's okay, mm-hmm. and um, I think it, it's just um, just looking into all the different agencies that are around. Uh, there's um, caregiver services in your community. Um, you can get a social work uh, t- contact somebody at the hospital that your your loved one's affiliated with. They may probably have a social worker right on staff. You can call them, uh, call a, a, your local agency area agency on aging. Um, your veterans administration programs some are free. Um, if, if your if your family member has affiliations with those organizations, the Eagles, the Mooses, the Yelks, or any of those things. They may have um, people who will do phone check-ins, home visits, transportation. Um, there may be somebody that can, uh, the, area, the uh, area agency on aging can help you locate transportation to and from daycare for some people, senior centers, shopping malls, doctor's appointments. So there's lots of things that are out there, and you've got to seek them out. It's okay to seek them out, and I think it's important that you do. What is compassion fatigue? Usually it's referring to people who are already in the caring business where they're nurses, they're, they work in palliative care, they're already looking after people, and then they've got their own <laughs> home uh, and they've their own maybe personal uh, person that uh, they're caregiving as well. So it's like overload. It's there. Uh, you it's, you can get so so much compassion for so many people that you get totally worn out. A person that's in the caring uh, professions really have to watch themselves. And um, what happens is, um, it, it's some people like to help. You know, they see an, an animal that's sick, you're, you're there to help. You see somebody who needs some help, you're there to help. There's some people are just they're so kindly that that's the way they are. And when, and it's great, but you know, rescuing everybody in need. But you end up getting isolated from others and get sad. You might get apathetic. Um, you know, you might get a lack of interest in self-care practices. Uh, maybe you get nightmares or a lot of physical ailments. Uh, you can't concentrate. So it's it's a really overstress. It really is. And so I think, you know, when you're unable to cope and you're feeling really underappreciated and sort of numb or being overworked, I think there's... A time that's sort of unhealthy caregiving, and that's when we need to really watch ourselves and make sure that we do things for ourselves that are life affirming and thoughts, feelings, and actions, and and recognizing and honoring our own internal sort of like pain we might have inside. Maybe you, I don't know what you know. It may be a flashback or something that you had when you were younger. Maybe you were told you always had to help others when you were younger. And so it's, and then so you maybe felt that you weren't helped enough. So there's, there's many things that can cause it, but I think that those in the helping profession uh, have to be more careful than others. 
Uh, in some of the notes that I have here uh, about our conversation today, there's mention of a type E personality. <laughs> what What is a type E personality? Well, there's some books written about it. It's, uh, again, the same thing. It's people who, well, let's do a little quiz, okay? Keep. I'm going to give you a, a few questions and see if you answer them, uh, to, uh, yes for every answer to your questions. Okay, you keeping track? I have to do things perfectly. I should be able to accomplish more in a day. I should be able to do everything and still be able to cope. I have to please others and prove myself to everyone. Having it all should make me happy. I can't be happy until I have it all. I can't relax until I finish my work and my chores. Doing everything for many people will make them value me. And the last one is, I should be everything to everybody. So if you answer, uh, say, more than uh, five, five or more of the above questions with a yes, you likely are a type E. That means trying to be everything to everybody. And we need to, if you are that, you need to draw, learn to drop the guilt mode and reach for a little more rest and relaxation before your health is at stake. So what, what, is, uh, what does it mean if you answered no to every one of them? <laughs> <laughs> then you're not a type E. <laughs> that, you're, you're, that, that you are, um, you know, you're in charge, and that you are, um, you know, I'm not saying you're not that you're not compassionate. You just are, are taking care of yourself, and still able to still able to help others. And I think that's the that's the fine line. How how much of it are we? Uh, feeling that we we are helping others and still helping ourselves and not getting the two mixed up, you know. We sometimes we get in, intermingled with that. It's uh, so it's this is that fine line. But you know, stress can give you a backache, a stomach problem. You can get sick more often. You can get high blood pressure. You can get uh, cardiovascular disease. You can get headaches. You can feel overwhelmed. You can get irritable, insomnia. You know, depression. So uh, too much stress can cause a lot of havoc. And so I yeah. think it's uh, time to do something. Uh, right. Otherwise, you're going to have to have somebody giving you care, and then you're yeah, I, I had that happen to a cousin of mine. He was looking after his dear wife. She had MS. She had to be hospitalized at one point, and he was so tired and run down. He ended up getting himself really sick. He had to be hospitalized. And the two of them were in the hospital. And then after that, he said, I think I need some help for my wife. <laughs> right, and, that's, right. and that's when he finally did get some help. And, it, and a lot of people are, are caring for a sick child. You know, it may not just be a wife or a, or a parent. It could be a child, which is even more traumatic, I feel. And uh, that's really tough. And that's, you know, and people still need to look after themselves and, and still get some respite and some, someone who can, uh, you know, be there to help because uh, it, it's just uh, you know it's, it's, it's you have grief you have uh, if you're looking after a sick child if it's someone who's really sick and so there's a lot to uh, to think about and to care for yourself as well so that you can be there for them. Well, I have I have a relative who is uh, uh, re- responsible for uh, their their daughter. And mm-hmm. the daughter is a special needs individual, has mm-hmm. been since the day she was born as a special mm. needs individual. Right. This, this person is now 35 years old, still lives at home, oh, wow. and, and the the mother is the primary caregiver and has been for her entire life. 
Right. Uh, the, uh, the the father is deceased. Uh, mm-hmm. And at any rate, um, this has been her entire life for the last yeah. 35 years. Wow. Now, and how this woman maintains her sanity or any sense of sanity, I don't know. Yeah. I do not know. This child is a uh, still a child, obviously, although an adult, age one. Mm-hmm. Uh, is can be very loving, can be very uh, empathetic, uh, mm-hmm. and also can be a real pain in the patoot. Yeah. And um, and how this this parent has done this for thirty five years and continues to do it as we speak today mm-hmm. is just amazing to me. And how she maintains her sanity, how she, and then she is a. Uh, a paraprofessional in the school system, and she wow. goes in the special needs classes. That's yeah, what she well, does for a career. Well, so she's meant to do this. She's obviously uh, maybe that was so. Apparently yeah. so. You know, some people are meant to do certain things in life, and that's her life's work, obviously. And uh, if she can keep it together and still be well herself, and if she's still feeling like she's contributing to other areas, and uh, I, 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 my heart goes out to her. It really does, and it's not like, easy. It's like it's a grand plan, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a grand plan of uh, something or someone greater than she or us. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's pretty amazing, and I, and I, well, I hold I her in, give... uh, in, in great esteem because um, yeah. uh, I, I know that she and her current husband go, they take trips uh, mm-hmm. with other groups for long weekends, and uh, they, they find... Uh, they they find stress relief and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. uh, but, which is which is amazing. Amazing. Well, it's probably helping them to do that, and so I think uh, you know that's that's the, that's the most important thing, and I think that's what healthy caregiving is. When you can, um, you know, when you're aware about yourself and that you are able to visualize your what your your needs are and realize them and. Um, Define your personal boundaries, like I can only do this, I can can't do that, and and recognize what others need, your other pe- you know, who you're caring for, and an ability to say no sometimes, you know, and be you know, and getting someone else to help, and so uh, you know, like I say, like my dad would call me on a Saturday morning, and he'd say, oh, well, you know, I need a light bulb. <laughs> At seven in the morning, or I need uh, you know a new pair of socks or something at uh, at uh, six in the morning or whatever. So you know, and I had to uh, sort of set my boundaries. Or if um, you know, sometimes everyone acts differently. I, I, like my mother was very nice. She'd say, "Well, oh, go. You don't have to be here every day. You know, you just live your life. Come here when you can." And when my dad was the opposite, he wanted me there all the time. <laughs> And so that was I found very difficult, and um, I was really pulled by that, and and it was really tough. And sometimes he would get nasty, and I remember once a social worker said to me, "You have to put your foot down, and you have to say, uh, you know, Dad, I I don't like when you yell at me or treat me like that. I'm trying my best." And um, or sometimes if he was really nasty or something, I, the next day I wouldn't go, and then I'd come back and I make sure someone else was able to be there. And I'd show up the next day, and he was nice as pie. Right. So, so you know, it's like almost what you have to do is just set your boundaries, what you'll take and what you won't take. And sometimes that's not easy. It's not easy for everybody to do that, but it's worth a try. <laughs> I really believe it's worth a try for your own sanity. 
and uh, knowing what your limits are. I think we got to recognize what your limits are. So important. And I try to talk about that in my book from for all you know, a lot of stress relief. Uh, don't get overcommitted and look at the, the balance of your life. You know, your mental, physical, emotional, um, financial, uh, you know, spiritual. You're making time for all the different avenues in your life that that make up your life, your family, your your relationships with your friends. Uh, you know, if you drop all that, you, you'll be in really rough shape. So it's looking at your sort of balance of your wellness wheel. And um, getting out there to for your physical body, getting some, getting out for a walk every day, getting, doing some exercise, um, eating well, and um, so that you can stay healthy and, and keep your mind healthy through, uh, like we started off talking about, healthy food feeds your mind. Uh, you know, if you don't have enough uh, good nutrients, your your brain won't work well. And so I think you need lots of B vitamins that can help your energy. B12, I think people really in, in uh, feeling exhausted need some B12, vitamin D, all those, you know, multivitamin, uh, a few extra antioxidants wouldn't hurt. You know, just just a base good good um, vitamin plan and good food and um, make sure that you have, you know, your relationships are not falling apart. You know, sometimes people's marriages fall apart. When they're caregiving, you know, it's like they say, well, to him or me, or, you know, husband might say to the wife or, you know, and so you just have to be careful that doesn't happen because then you're coping it all on your own. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, just, just, and if women are baby boomers themselves and doing all this and then they're, they're in menopause, so they're facing more hormonal things and the hormones can go real wacky if you're, if you're in this stress mode and you'll, you know, you'll have a worse menopause. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's all about, uh, getting balance and whatever you can do to get it. Like to swim, go for a little swim. Get somebody in for an hour. You know, whatever it takes, just do it. Well, it comes down to um, the word me and I is not always as bad as people make it sound. That mm-hmm. it is. That's right. Uh, there, there, are, there comes a point in time when me and I is all you have left. And and you have to be able to take care of me and I. So true. So very true. And, you know, I I was just thinking one thing I didn't even talk about was sleep. And when people don't get enough rest, I mean, it's just you just fall apart because the body has to rejuvenate. And uh, it can affect your emotions. It can affect your... I know myself, if I don't get a night's sleep, proper night's sleep, I'm walking around the next day sort of like they get a fog and depressed and you you must get sleep and uh because it's it's rejuvenation of your body. The sleep your body is allowed to to make up for what it needs and, and to uh you know, get into this homeostasis is proper in the in the the uh you know, your body goes through a cycle, you know, the whole REM sleep and five different cycles and it repeats during the night. So if you're not sleeping, if you're up walking the night the floors you're not going to uh rejuvenate properly. So right. it's so important, and that's again looking at, like you say, looking after me. It's okay. It's okay to look after me. <laughs> sure. You're doing your part, looking after others. So let's now look after me. You need to take some time for yourself. Yeah. <clears throat> and right now, I'm looking at the clock on the wall, and I'm seeing that it, we're almost <laughs> out of time. 
Well, it's been time. a pleasure. Been a pleasure. Uh, well, thank you. It has been a pleasure indeed, and I've enjoyed it as well. Uh, I want you, however, to be have an opportunity to take care of you, and yes. and that is tell us about uh, how people can get hold of you. For any of your classes, possibly, or your mm-hmm. teaching, uh, your speaking, your book, where they can get hold of your book, this is sure. your opportunity for your shameless self-promotion, Rosalie. Thank, thank you so much. I really, in a way, it's not shameless because I really feel that, yes, it's for me, but it's also, I feel I'm giving information for people, which I feel really help people. It's uh, My book is called Frazzled, Hurried Woman, Your Stress Relief Guide to Thriving, Not Merely Surviving. Just look under Frazzled, Hurried Woman. It'll come up on Amazon.com. And uh, my name is Rosalie Mosco, M-O-S-C-O-E, and my website is healthinharmony.com, www.h-e-a-l-t-h-i-n harmony.com i have lots of articles on and blogs on my website i've got videos audios i've got uh, youtube clips of my work um, i'm a speaker i give talks to organizations and um i uh, i make them fun i make them uh with song very often i uh, involve the audience and i really love doing it and i'd be very happy to be of service if i can be and i do want to know into nutritional consulting and i'm just going to be setting up how i can do that online these days so we can if anyone's interested they can contact me we can, i can give them more information and um i just uh through my book and my articles and website you might find some things that can help Very good. Well, all good information, and I certainly do appreciate the fact that you took the time to be with me today. And uh, good luck in your continued endeavors, your continued good work, and and, uh, I hope to uh, speak to you again sometime down the road. Well, thanks so much, Pete, and good luck with your programming, and thanks for doing all that you do to help others. Thank you very much. Have a great day now. Okay, bye. Take care. Thank you, you too. And we've been talking to Ms. Rosalie Moscow, author of Frazzled, Hurried Woman. You can get her on Amazon. Just uh, post Fragile, Hurried, Hurried Woman on uh, Amazon.com. Get the book. Find out all about her. Uh, her website and everything, uh, I'm sure, will be listed there in some manner, shape, or form. Worst case scenario, I bet you can get her if you Google her because the Google machine works real good nowadays. So uh, go ahead and... Uh, Go ahead and Google Rosalie for uh, anytime, uh, anything you might be interested in talking to her about. That concludes another Boomer the Babe show. We'll be back again tomorrow with another great guest. Uh, we hope you can join us at that time as well. I want to remind everybody that the Boomer the Babe show is now a featured staff pick on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, and we hope that everybody, that our news listeners through that process, are enjoying this, is enjoying the show. And, uh, and then we hope that you will come back again. So with that, we'll, with that, we'll say good day, and have a great day, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Take care now. You've been listening to the Boom and the Babe Show, where we bring interesting conversations to the world. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, where we tweet as Boomer and Babe, and on Facebook as Pete Peters 47 As always, you can friend us on Blog Talk Radio or sign up for our newsletter at boomerandthebabe.com. Email us at host at boomerandthebabe.com with any of your comments. 
Remember, at 50, you're just getting started. 